Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to Backchat. Welcome to Yoga Berry, your yoga for scoliosis community. And I can see lots of you were waiting already because you know that I've got a very special guest on today. Um, if you are new to this channel, my name is Christine Jaregiberry and I'm a yoga teacher. I specialize in yoga for scoliosis and this is what we do on this channel here. We chat about yoga, we chat about all things scoliosis, of course, so you will find plenty of practice, actual practice videos on, on here. Um, and then my weekly back chat where um, I've got interview guests, I've got people who've got something to say, to contribute, obviously, to anyone who, who suffers from scoliosis and who's obviously looking for solutions. So welcome, everyone. If you are here live, um, come and say hello. Tell us where you are from. Um, I'm going to bring Dr. Lauren Fishman on in a in a moment, and feel free to ask your questions. Um, I know that there will be lots of you here who've got specific questions, so I will do my very very best to uh, make sure that he he gets to read all of them, of course. Um, but yeah, so I think Dr. Fishman doesn't need a huge introduction. I think everyone probably is already familiar with him on this channel as we as we talk about Lauren all the time, of course. Um, but those, those of you who don't know, he is a, a medical doctor. He's got a clinic in Manhattan. Um, he is a professor at Columbia Medical School as well. He's written lots of papers on scoliosis um on treating conditions with yoga so not just scoliosis but we've got osteoporosis sciatica all kinds of other things i'm sure he will tell us um but yes let's bring him on let's come and say hello so thank you so much lauren for oh, making <laughs> thank you christina i i love your introduction it's so happy you know it's it's upbeat the little <laughs> bubbles i like them. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I and I think you know even if we are kind of dealing with um, with conditions, with medical conditions, and we you know we've got all these things going on in our bodies, you know it's it's important to to keep it light and to bring some joy and and hope out in yeah. the world. That's you know that's that's what I believe in really. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much for for taking the time, of course. So Lauren, obviously you were here um, on this very show, even though different technology back then, I think. Um, I think it was three years ago now. So yeah. it's pre-first pre lockdown, so different mm -hmm. times, it seems. Indeed. Um, but back then you told us all about um, your your research, obviously about it was mainly about side plank then and um, just putting it into into context context for people and a couple of other yoga poses to help 
those with scoliosis and hopefully, of course, reduce um, scoliosis curvatures. So do you want to give us a little bit of an, of an update of maybe sure. um, little, where things have been going? Yeah, well, first I'll go back a little and tell you what we did, what I believe we did then is I, mm -hmm. well, by now I've published three different studies and a fourth one is sent out to a publisher. We don't know what they're going to say yet uh, about using yoga for scoliosis. And I have a very simple theory that I, it's hard to believe that not that many people have come across it. I'm going to use my, uh, this is actually a uh, microphone that I use for dictating notes and things like that. But you could look at it as though it were a, uh, an antenna out in, in a field when you're driving, you know, hither and thither. And, what, and it's analogous to our spine. And there are cables then pulling down on each side symmetrically. And if they're mm -hmm. symmetrical, then the tower will be vertical. But if one side is pulling more than the other, well, then you, you'll, the tower will naturally bend down to that side. So now the analogy with scoliosis is obvious. So then this is the stronger side, the side to which the, the spine bends, the concave side. And the convex side is the weaker side. The muscles over here are being pulled because they all just pull down. There ain't no muscles that pull up. So that, this is what's happening. So now all we do in the yoga is we strengthen the weak side. We have people do the side plank. So they're, <laughs> I can't do that. They're lying like they're lying down. And this is the side we strengthen. Their curves are always like that. We have them on the convex side of their curve. And these muscles contract so that little by little, these muscles draw the spine back to straight. And to make the analogy with the with the tower, if it's bent like this, these muscles little by little pull up as though these cables are going to be pulling just as strongly as these cables to match their intensity. And then it comes up to vertical. And this simple principle we've used in the lumbar spine, where we use the side plank, and in the yeah. thoracic spine, where we use something called the floating side plank, which I must say was introduced to us by Christine. She made up that term, and now I use it all the time. And, right. and other, a couple of other poses that we use up here in the thoracic spine. Now, we're not like uh, a, a radio antenna in that we have ribs, and our ribs splay out. If the curve is, if it's curved this way, our ribs will splay out like the spokes of a wheel, like uh, like an Asian fan. And th they take up space and they uh, press out of their way the muscles and the soft tissue and the skin. And then they migrate back into the space that they've created with this splaying. So that you end up with a lump or a, a, a curvature, a, a kind of a, a, a different names for it. The worst name is a hump that people don't like that one at all. But a bump, no. a bevelment, an enlargement on the convex Mountain. side. <laughs> yeah. Mountain, yes, a <laughs> hillock. And for, <laughs> for various reasons, people have often thought that that side is the stronger side. Now, yeah. nothing can be further from the truth. That's the weak side. The strong side is the one that's drawn down, the hollow side where the muscles have, con the muscles have contracted. That's what does it. Mm -hmm. So for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, people have considered this the side to work on, that this is the strong side, but it's not. It's the weak side. And this is the strong side. And so what we need to do is to equal the intensity of the pull here with what goes on on this side. 
Mm. It's just as simple as that. It's just people have confused themselves any amount, and it's been a very difficult subject without what I consider a very simple, almost self-evident realization. So we've used yeah. this. We've used this with great success with not everybody, but just about everybody. I would say 87% of the people we try this on, it works. And by works, mm. I mean an x-ray done on day one has a bigger curve than an x-ray done at the end of month five. And then we'll do it again at the end of month 10. And we'll see. Mm. And that's what we've been doing. Now, I'm sorry, you drew breath as though you were about to speak. So yes, yeah. There were, there were a couple of things coming up um, for me. So first of all, when when you said, um, uh, you know, you used that nice image of the the antenna basically and the the muscles kind of pulling the the spine over into one direction, kind of pulling mm -hmm. it down. So you want to pull it down on the other side to make it exactly. make it straight. Um, would that be more, so I'm just wondering, would that be more of an example of a, a functional scoliosis that is maybe caused by the muscles doing exactly well, that? Yes, what yes. well, say. there is a name that doctors use to disguise their ignorance, our ignorance. Uh, they call it idiopathic, which means yeah. whatever is causing this, it's just in you. It's not a general principle. We don't know what it is. You know, mm -hmm. and they kind of blame you for it. It's idiopathic. You did it. And you this, did is it, yes. <laughs> this is adolescent idiopathic scoliosis, which, by the way, since the curing of polio and the great control of tuberculosis is the chief cause of scoliosis. Ninety percent of scoliosis is this adolescent idiopathic scoliosis. And the rest, due to cerebral palsy or other kinds of neuro neurological or bony abnormalities, or of course, terrible accidents, those, we don't, we don't really treat them in any systematic way. It actually might be helpful for some of them, especially when I'm about to tell you, but so far we have not approached that. We've just approached the 90%, which in the United right. States is probably about 10 million people mm -hmm. that have it. Nine out of 10 of them are young girls. That's the way it is. And, and there's mm -hmm. something to say about that if anybody asks a question. But otherwise, let me move on, because I really want to talk a little today about a study that I just got approved. It was very hard to get it approved. I mean, I worked, see these fingers, worn down to the nubbin. It was uh, a many, much more than 100 hours to get it approved by the mm -hmm. government, by the FDA. They're very cautious. They're so proud of themselves for having detected um, errors in the past, the thalidomide scandal, you know, the terrible things that happened with that. The FDA was cautious enough to avoid that for in our country, but not, not elsewhere, unfortunately. So they're, they're buoyed up, fire in their belly about how wonderful they are and how cautious, how caution pays off. And so it was really hard to do. So what's the study? The study is using the, the, uh, the, the yoga, I'll make it, do it again. You like it? I'll do it again. To to yes, we use the yoga to strengthen the weak side here, which little by little will bring the spine up, but also to weaken the strong side. Okay. So that it will faster. Normally, our people get better at the rate somewhere between two point five and five percent a month, mm -hmm. which means that in ten months they'll get somewhere between twenty five and fifty percent better. Often it's closer to 25, but occasionally it gets up to 50. And that's good. But mm -hmm. it's, it would be nice if we could do it more quickly and more definitively. 
So, so, so my question obviously is going to be how how are you weakening muscles? So well, how, how are, are you going to do that? Yeah. Well, we're using botulinum toxin. We're using what they use, what rich ladies use on their foreheads to give themselves a little uh, shot or they have their dermatologist give them a little shot. And it takes the wrinkles away because it inactivates a muscle. It doesn't permanently weaken it, but it weakens it for some time. It's just okay. not as activated. And so it's relaxing the muscles? Is that relaxing the muscles is a very yeah. nice way to put it. And so okay. by relaxing the muscles that are pulling down and strengthening the muscles that are straightening things, we end up with, well, fabulous uh, gains so far. We've done it now on five people that we've been able to reliably uh, check out on later. And th th they're all young people. Mm -hmm. And they all had lumbar curves. We're only doing it okay. in the lumbar spine. But to everyone's surprise, it actually improves curves way up in the thoracic spine, too, by a mechanism I, I think I understand, but I'm not going to say it because I have no proof of it. But right. at any rate, these people are getting the, the, the smallest improvement was nine degrees in three weeks. And the uh, biggest improvement was 16 degrees in the same three weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we're not done at the end of three weeks. We're following them much further. And we followed uh, two of them already, but I haven't verified the results yet because I haven't got the actual scans to look at them. These are all reported. These people, um, even though I'm in New York, one of these people is in Florida. One is in Wisconsin, which is about a thousand miles to the west of us. And three of them are in Canada which is about 500 miles to the north of us, are none yet from New York City. I, it's just a, a curious, you know, mm. the way the, the chips fall, but it's, it's, uh, that's what's happened so far. Now, here's a question. Does this apply to those of us that have had spinal fusions and rod placement surgery on, the, on a portion of the spine? No, it does not, because your spines are held fast, and they're not going to move. You don't want them to move. If they move, mm -hmm. they're going to create what's called a pseudoarthrosis, a joint that isn't really a joint. As you probably know, a joint is a complex and very well-designed structure with mm -hmm. uh, cartilage on the, uh, both sides of the bones that can constitute the joint, a capsule around it, uh, wonderful cells inside that secrete fluid that keep it moist and lubricated for 100 years. Your elbow doesn't squeak, and that's why. Now, a pseudoarthrosis is where two bones or parts of bones are next to each other and moving a little bit without the capsule without the cartilage, without the fluid. And it can be very painful. And there's there's nothing for it except to have another surgery where they try to fuse the bones together so they don't move. Mm. So no, it does not apply to people that have had spinal fusion in the place where they had the fusion. Now, there are people that have had fusions way up here in the, in the cervical spine and the upper thoracic spine. For them, uh, a surgery down here in the lumbar spine was never done and our methods would be appropriate down here you couldn't use okay. it's already been a fusion so wouldn't that mess with the with the with the fusion at the top if you kind of create a different type of balance to to the bottom no no i don't no. think so I mean, in the course of your normal life you do wiggle and waggle and mm. twist and turn and uh tilt and 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 uh move backward. You do all kinds of things in the course of a normal life, which are probably more endangering because they're more dramatic and more sudden than, mm. uh, than what you do with the yoga and, and yeah. the botulinum toxin. So I, my, I, I think, you know, with pretty good confidence that 
wouldn't be harmful for a, a very high um, fusion. However, mm. most of the time the fusions are down here. So then you're out of luck as far as this procedure goes. Yeah. If you've had a so, fusion and you have a lot of pain, you should go back to your orthopedic surgeon and ask him or her why. Yeah. It's not supposed to be that way. I've been there more than a hundred times in the actual surgery, you know, in the operating room and all this. Uh, we, uh, amongst others, invented a technique where you could stimulate children in their heels and pick up signals from their brain to be sure that nothing untoward is happening across the surgical field. And it worked beautifully. And these people, none of them, not not one had much pain afterwards, even the next day. Mm. So, you know, they had a little incisional pain, but that was it. So mm. I, I don't think the pain is a normal consequence of it. And you might uh, refer Need there. to check. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Laura yeah. is asking um, if the method works for grown-up people. She's 66. Mm -hmm. um, is it worth it? Uh, or it won't do any change now, in, in her you, spine. If you are a case of either adolescent idiopathic scoliosis that just was never treated then, or if you are a case of what they call degenerative scoliosis, where there are no actual bony changes, you know, wait, I've got one here. This is a giraffe vertebra, I think. It's quite large. This giraffe is looking this way. Okay, this is, here's the, here's the very back. The part of the spine that gives the whole structure its name, the spine of the vertebra. And here's uh, the vertebral body. If the, you see the vertebral body here, it's kind of mm -hmm. level. But now, if this person, uh, the 66 year old, has a normal spine, but just the vertebrae are curved, but the vertebrae all look like this, yes, it will work. If, on the other hand, the vertebrae has been broken or something has happened and it's tilted or uh, otherwise deranged and misshapen, then I'm not sure it will work as well. It will probably work, but maybe not as well because there's a natural inclination uh, to one side or the other. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but yes, it would work. We have not tried it on anybody over the age of 17 yet. Okay. Oh, yes, we did. We did one boy of 27 and it worked very nicely with him. He was not in our study, but we did it. Uh, we yeah. did it because his mother and father wanted us to do it. We did yeah. it, though he's not in our study. And is it just, so it's just lumbar curves at the moment for this new study? You're yes, and the reason is that it's it's more dangerous to do in the thoracic spine. We will do it there, but we aren't haven't yet because if the needle goes a little too deeply, it goes into the lungs, mm -hmm. which is uh, not fun. That doesn't people, sound yeah, good. No, it doesn't sound good. So we don't do it. There's one. Uh, it's a Danish study where some uh, somebody got very sick as a consequence of that. And I didn't. I don't think that's the right way to start. I mm. mean, one of the things I'm trying to bring out here is that what is what is the cause of the scoliosis? This idiopathic scoliosis without cause. It's got a cause. What is the cause? We don't know it. Mm -hmm. And what we the, don't know. Yeah. Uh, results. But the results that I'm of what I've done so far show rather strongly is that it's muscular imbalance. That's what it is. Mm. And that's yeah. something we can treat. That's something we can do something about with yoga, with botulinum toxin. And mm -hmm. of course, you know, anyone who comes who wants to come into this study, it's free, of course. Uh, you get the botulinum toxin, you get the yoga lesson, uh, you get to meet me to look at you for the better part of an hour, and you get free x-rays too. And there are new x-ray devices, which are not so new anymore, called an EOS. E-O-S. Mm -hmm. And the EOS x-ray is about one-ninth the radiation of the old ones. 
So with our study, you get three free x-rays, which all together add up to one third of one x-ray in terms of radiation. So yeah. that's, these are good things. <clears throat> mm. Uh, so so uh, I'm reading here Debbie's Debbie's question, and uh, well, more of a there is a question afterwards, but um, she is saying I noticed myself total hip on one side. Many of my students, women over 50 mm -hmm. with bone mm -hmm. loss, muscle loss, um, and functional yes. scoliosis. Functional scoliosis. Yeah. Well, functional scoliosis. See, I'm going to tell you something. You know, the surgeons will hate me, but. If you say something real, someone's going to hate you no matter what you say. So I might as well say it. Scoliosis has been dominated by surgery for hundreds of years because it's the only thing that we were sure of that works. So the only, I mean, basically what you did if you found out that your daughter had scoliosis was you got x-rays every year or so to see if she were ready for surgery, if she ever really needed surgery. Then they will give you a brace saying, oh, this may make the curve progress less quickly. It may slow it down, period. This, mm. And the question was always, <clears throat> does she need surgery yet or not? <clears throat> the yet is in there because nothing else has been shown to work. So that's mm. the, the, the plight of the parent is, I hope she doesn't get even close to surgery because if she gets close and doesn't get there, oh, that's the worst scenario. Then nobody can do anything for her. If she gets yeah. a little worse, they'll do surgery and that will be okay. That will be better. They're all worried their daughter is going to grow up maimed and mutilated and not be able to live a normal life. Uh, mm -hmm. The sons do, but there aren't that many of the sons. So that the, the, the word functional scoliosis kind of means, oh, they don't need anything. It's just, it's just what they do. It's just a sort of uh, a, an artifact of their lives. It's a function. That's all, not a structure. That's the opposition. And I say, let us break free of that model. Now there are all, this is an alternative. It's innocuous. You can do it with people with a six degree curve. You can do it with anybody and it doesn't have any repercussions in their lives. It's not expensive. It's not dangerous. You can do it in a minute or two at home. It's not like a great big elaborate thigmajig. Mm. It's a little pose or two or three that you do. Mm. I, I think it can free us from this dominance, domination by by surgery, by mm. surgeons. Yeah, by surgery. Yeah. yeah. So, so what about? So, you are basically saying because coming back to what you said about the 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 vertebrae, if they are, however, wedge shaped, which they can be, obviously, in extreme cases, mm -hmm. that wouldn't be what you would suggest, isn't it? It's it's only if they are kind of a normal height. Well, not quite. I mean, I, I have to say a couple of things, Christine. First, I've never yeah. tried it with someone who has a, a wedge, side-to-side -side wedge-shaped deformity. My right. guess is it would work. It might not work as well because the bones are already inclining the spine off to one side or the other. But I think it would tend to <clears throat> minimize the curve, which could be by just by virtue of gravity. I mean, if your spine, let's use this again. If you have a curved vertebra here, and it's inclining your spine off there. Gravity is going to be pulling down on this side of your spine every time you're walking around. So little mm -hmm. by little, it will gain purchase on your spine and pull it down. So now if you make these muscles over here weaker, there will not be the same impetus to do that. If you strengthen the muscles on this side doing yoga, you might end up you know, like this, not completely straight, but you'd be a lot better off than you would be like that. So I, I mean, that's a little hypothetical. I have not tried it on people with these curves yet, but I see no reason it wouldn't work somewhat on them. 
<clears throat> the very got another yeah, yeah sorry question. sorry yeah. to interrupt you no, i just no, no, no. There, there's so many questions coming in right now so uh, i just want to make sure we we do we do get to answer a few of them so do we need to do anything to break up calcification to allow more movement and development of strength on the weak side well first from the five cases i've done so far no i mean they they getting amazingly better very quickly. I mean, these are the kind of results you don't see anywhere, but in surgery. I was kind of not blown away when I saw the first case. And then the second one blew me further away. So now I'm, you know, over the moon, oh, de la, it's all over for me. And mm -hmm. so it's, uh, I'm convinced that it really does work and it really does seem to. And we're doing this study, you know, to achieve statistical significance and more or less demonstrate yeah. it. But I yeah. don't know about this calcification. I mean, people talk about it, but if there were significant calcification, these people would not be improving like this. So that's the first thing to say. The second yeah. thing to say is on the many, many, many x-rays that I have seen and analyzed, I don't see much calcification. I don't think that's the problem. You're worried about, I think, tell me if this is what's on your mind. You get a curve and then somehow it gets crystallized. It ain't going to change no more. That's the way it is. And that sounds like calcification, but it isn't. It's just habit the intransigent strength of the muscles on the strong side, uh, the irrevocable weakness of those on the other side. And so you're stuck with it, but mm. you're not stuck with it. Mm. With so there's a, few, there's a lot of questions about, I think people asking basically, is this going to be for, for me? I am 38, yeah. we've got someone yeah. else who's saying, uh, is in their sixties with um, painful scoliosis. What, what would be your well, answer be in terms of pain? This is Charlotte Stone from New Jersey. I know her. She's a wonderful yoga teacher and a lovely person. And I salute you if you're the same Sharon Stone. Charlotte Stone, not Sharon. <laughs> not Sharon Stone. But uh, yes, this would work. Uh, this, it, it, there's no reason to think it wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. I'll reiterate, I haven't yet tried it on anyone in their 60s. I have seen a young boy from Florida who... Uh, was in terrible pain, a healthy young man of 17, tall and thin, and playing basketball, basketball, about six feet tall. And uh, I gave him the injection, his pain has gone. Now that was only two weeks ago. So will it stay gone? I don't know, but he had eight out of 10 pain, you know, yeah. big, pretty big time pain and it's mm -hmm. gone because the pain comes from this asymmetry and the, uh, the pressure of the muscles either on themselves because they're going to spasm or on, on their counterparts on the opposite side because they're getting stretched to a painful point. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, yeah. I think it would work and I'm perfectly willing to do it on the lumbar spine of anybody. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's How still would, early days of the, of the study, but you are well, looking yeah. for, for people obviously to right. um, participate. I'm trying, to recruit, yeah. trying to recruit people for my study. I mean, it's not, uh, uh, it's not that hard yet, but may get hard. Now, how would this mm. method work with rotation with a curvature? Would it be beneficial too? I don't know for sure. From my previous work with just using yoga for scoliosis, yes. <clears throat> because in my really pretty extreme experience, you know, 47 years a doctor doing this, seeing loads of patients, I have never seen anybody with a bulge in their back that doesn't have scoliosis. It's only scoliosis that causes it, except for rare, you know, uh, uh, abnormalities that are present at birth. 
uh, uh, pest uh, uh, canvas. There, there are a couple that will do it, but uh, apart from very known and extremely rare causes, scoliosis is the only thing that does it. Mm. So curing the scoliosis generally cures it. <clears throat> I mean, it doesn't go 100% away, but it goes about 80, 80% away. So you, you can't even see it. If you really look carefully, you can tell. Um, now, uh, you might ask, well, how does that occur? How does that happen? The way I believe it happens, and there are several theories and none of them is proven and none of them is disproven, is that what I was telling you before, the ribs splay out. The curve is like that. The ribs splay out. You know, first, like this, the ribs are parallel. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Now, when the spine curves, the ribs, wait, how do I do this? No. <laughs> the ribs, the spine curves that way, the ribs open up too. They're not together anymore. They're apart. And they take up more space. They spread everything out. And then they migrate backwards uh, into the uh, space that they've created. Now, why do they mm -hmm. migrate backwards rather than forwards? That is probably the shape of the vertebral uh, facets. The facet joints incline them to do it. And once they start, it's like a slippery slope. Once they start doing it, they simply continue. Mm. It's the way the muscles are designed too. The muscles pull you back. They pull the vertebra above back rather than pulling the vertebra below forward. That's the way they work. It's the way the good Lord designed us, you know, probably mm. so that we could stand erect. Otherwise we'd be humped over like turtles all the time. So yeah. it's, it makes sense in the course of evolution. That seems to be what happens. And when you cure the scoliosis, the tendency to do that is absent, is removed. Mm. Now, does yeah. it happen? I cannot guarantee that happens in every time because you can't look at x-rays. There, There is a way they do x-rays from above to look at the curvature. But I, I mean, it's uh, it's more elaborate than I want to put, put people through on a daily basis. Mm. Yeah. How many Botox yeah. treatments are required? So far as we know, one. To be in the study, it's one visit. You come to our offices, we teach you the yoga, we give you the injection. It's, they're very low dose of botulinum toxin too. If this study is successful, there will be people who are going to try giving two, three times as much. I mean, yeah. I have routinely given my patients three times this much. Sometimes, mm -hmm. honest to God, six times this much mm -hmm. with no side effects, even though I've done it literally more than a thousand times. And then yeah. it's over five months, you said? How long do they? Well, we, yeah. we, yes, over, over three months. The study is over in three months. Three months. And you, and you stop. But this is a good question. How, how many Botox treatments? One in the study. How, when you stop the Botox, will the spine go back to the way it was? It's a question we can't answer yet. Um, it may be that you'll, you will require more botulinum toxin treatments until, you're, until the, the yoga has made the other side strong enough so you no longer need to weaken that first side. Now, there's something very important to say here that's a little bit technical. I'll do my best uh, with it. The way muscles work is there's actin and myosin. And these two types of fibers, inter. it's like, uh, like a jack on a car. Click, 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 and the car goes up, up, up. Well, there are little calcium uh, connections between the actin and the myosin, and they go click, click click much more quickly than, you know, millions of times and bring the muscle together. That's muscle contraction. That's how a muscle contracts with this click, click, clicking. Now, 
if you're looking at muscles that have been stretched a lot, which side are they stretched on? The convex side over here, they're stretched. The actin and the myosin are not really in contact with each other very much. They're not that many clicks that they can make. So they're weakened. You could say functionally weakened that mm -hmm. quite a bit. If you give the botulinum toxin on this side and they come up further like this, then instead of being just like this, there are a lot of clicks already. So they have greater power in pulling your muscle, pulling your spine further up. So it's not clear to me how permanent this is. Were you to need botulinum toxin injections once a year for the rest of your life, it would probably be worth it. Are you likely to need them? I do not think so. I think once you come close to vertical, the muscular symmetry is going to take over and you're just, you're not going to have a curve anymore. It's not going to come back. But mm. I cannot prove that yet. It's more or less a, an intuition on my part. Mm. I cannot say. Can I say that it will take you out of the surgical range and bring you back into a range where, look at her, she's got a little bit of a curve in her back. Yes. Mm. I think it will definitely, I've seen it do that. So I can say it with confidence. Yeah. Mm. How about the thoracic candidate instead of the botulinum toxin, given myofascial release along the tight areas alongside yoga? Well, I haven't tried that. Uh, myofascial release probably would be of some value there. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I can't say anything against it. I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love to see somebody.